0: If you would, take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to 1 Peter 4. We're in the midst of starting something that I think is going to be absolutely revolutionary for Grace Bible Church. I'm excited to know what your spiritual gift is. I'm excited to get a glimpse into how God has wired the body of Christ here and in what way. Maybe some opportunities that you have, you didn't even realize it because you didn't know your gifting. Last week was a pretty important Sunday if you weren't able to be here. The reason being as we went through a series of statements, everybody had one of these answer sheets. Now if you were For someone who didn't receive that last week, that's okay. Uh, Back there on the little cart right before you walk out the double doors, can you bring me down just a little bit? Just a little bit. Kind of hot this morning. So, um, answer sheets that are back there, but also the list of statements that we read off are back there as well. So you can go through the statements. The instructions seem pretty uh, self explanatory. Now, again, this is not the definitive end-all, be-all of this is your spiritual gift, but this is probably the most accurate test out of all of them I've ever taken uh, that will picture that. And so if that's something uh, that you would like to have for your personal understanding, it's located back there. I encourage you to pick it up on the way and keep hold of it because uh, we will be filling that out more as far as what the gifts are in time. Now, if you'll remember, I asked you guys before we finished to turn your list sideways. And the reason was is because these first five blanks right here asked you to write right here speaking, speaking gifts. These last seven here are serving gifts. And we see that from the passage. If you would, look at 1 Peter 4, verse 10. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, first category, speaking gifts. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves, second category, is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. Why? So that in all things God may be glorified through Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, if you look at verse 11 and you see, speaks and serves. If you haven't marked them, I'm going to ask you to. Jesus is okay with you marking in your Bible. He's not upset. You take the gluten-free wafer at communion and you have to drink a little water afterwards. It's not sacrilegious. Jesus is okay with it. There's a lot of things he's okay with. Mark those. And here's the reason why. In the Greek, when you do not have the article that comes before something like this, what you find is it's actually mentioned as a generality, as a category, not a specific. Okay? So if you were reading through it, you're not going to find the speaks or the speaking or the serves because it's not definitive and marking it out as an exact thing that it is. Instead, the article the is missing from the Greek. And because it's missing, Peter is setting up for us. Categories, and if we can get through this lesson today, I don't know how far we'll get, but if we get through this lesson today in ample time, I'll show you again that Paul reiterates these same two categories in Romans chapter twelve, so we have speaking and we have serving now, I would encourage you this morning to take notes, if not, go back and maybe jot through some of the things we're going to look because before we move forward. We need to do some things. Number one, we need to define what is a gift. Let's remember what a gift is. If we could bring that up, PJ, please. What is a spiritual gift? A gift, charisma, is what it is in the Greek. A supernatural endowment that has been graciously bestowed to those in Christ for the benefit of building up other believers. Spiritual gifts are an in-house situation not an outhouse situation don't let that lead your mind in weird places that sounds really bad now that i said it it's not like that these could also be known as grace gifts charisma charis we know that to be the greek word for grace these are grace gifts i don't deserve them but because i've heard the gospel and i've responded in faith to what i've heard about jesus dying for my sins Giving spiritual gifts is one of a myriad of things that has now become true of me based on what Jesus desires and died to secure for me based on nothing of myself. It is all of grace in my favor. Now, why is this important? Because we live in the age of the church. From Acts chapter 2 until we're raptured, no other age, either before us in the Bible or after us, after we're raptured and gone, has spiritual gifts. They don't have them. And the reason is, is because the Holy Spirit is not indwelling in those times. It's only during this dispensation of the church that we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And that makes all the difference in the world because these are spiritual gifts. And if they're going to be done, they have to be done by the power of the Spirit. It has to be spiritually done. There is no writer in the Bible that ever encourages the church to press on in fleshly determination. It doesn't happen. You will not find bootstrap theology in its pages. Do your best. Try harder. Grit your teeth. Get in there. Get it done. There is no Larry the Cable Guy emphasis in here. Nobody? You guys are going to be rough today, man. Loosen up.
1: So, they need to be properly understood as grace gifts.
0: Now, now, Here's what we know so far. Just making some observations from 1 Peter 4, verses 10 11. Just two verses. Number one, each believer has received a gift. If you're a believer in Christ, what is it to be a believer in Christ? You've heard the gospel that Jesus Christ died from your sins and rose from the grave. He did that for you. He took your place. And so His blood has paid the price for The sin debt that we have incurred. And it's not just the things that we do. It's the very nature of who we are because we're all born as sinners into this world. So we need him desperately all the time. Even as believers, we need him desperately. If you've believed in that, and that's not a work, you receive that information and you say, I am confident that that's true. That's what faith is. It's a confident conviction that something is true. If that's the case, you're a believer in Christ. If you are a believer in Christ and if you responded to the gospel, your sins have been forgiven. That blood has been applied to you. You also have eternal life as a free gift. And out of all the other things that we could go on and on and on and on about that have happened, and we've done that in the past, you've also been given a spiritual gift. What does it take to get a spiritual gift? You simply have to be in Christ. If you are in Christ, He gave you a gift. Here's what that tells me. Not one believer is an outcast. Not one believer is excluded. Not one believer is a nominal Christian. There are not nominal Christians. There are either Christians who are living in belief or unbelief of who they are in Christ. That's the difference. Having a spiritual gift means that every person in here can be useful to God, which leads us to the second one. This gift is for serving other believers. It's never for serving self. And it's never for serving the lost. That's not what they're for. This is why I don't get on the bandwagon when people are like, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism. You remember we talked about this. The evangelist is an office that is word-centered that should be in the church, of which spearheads the effort of evangelism of every single person. You don't have the gift of evangelism? I don't either. But I have a mandate from Christ to go into all the world and make disciples. That's what I have. You don't need a special qualification for that. You just have to be in Christ for that to apply to you as well. So anytime that people want to cop out and say, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism. I can't share Christ with people. I say, bull hockey. You do. You have this mandate. There is no gift of evangelism. You have the call of Jesus Christ to go evangelize. Spiritual gifts are good works that are done in the spirit within the body of Christ. And it's me serving you, and it's you serving me. And that's the way the body of Christ should operate. We're running a danger today, and we've been doing it for quite a while, where churches become a consumer mentality. Because we've gotten so used to going to the movies, we've gotten so used to Burger King over here, that we love to drive up, order our spirituality, receive it at the window in a paper bag, and drive off and enjoy it to our heart's content, And nobody needs to know about it. That's not the church. The church is not drive-through Christianity. The church is a community of believers who are united in one body, and that being of Christ, with Him as our head, telling us what we need to know, showing us what we need to see, speaking to us what we need to hear, and speaking the words for us so that we're not undertaking that effort on our own. And by existing together, we are to serve one another. Let me give you an example. Everybody in here takes
1: a shower. I'm going to take it for granted, right? Except Jeff. Just kidding. Hey, Jay's not here. Yeah, Jay told me I could pick on you, though. Take it up with him. He's on
0: safety. (laughs) But here's the thing. Any time that you go to wash your body, You ever tried to clean behind your ears but not use any other part of your body? You're just like, is that going to do it? No, because
1: you need the hand with the soap to get in there.
0: And if you're going to wash your feet, you need your hands to address your feet. You know what looks weird when feet are cleaning feet? That looks like you got to go to the
1: bathroom. You don't want to do that in the shower.
0: The body of Christ needs one another. We need every facet that's going on in order to properly minister to one another. Why? Because all of the body is important. All of the body needs to be cared for. Every piece of the body has a function that has to be operated. Because when it's not, we usually call that an ailment. We call it a disfigurement. We call it a handicap. We call it something along the nature where we're saying it's not equaling up to all that we understand that it should be. Sadly, church gets like that. Why is that? Because either we don't believe that we're significant in the body and therefore we've received at least one gift from the Lord, or we refuse to serve one another. A lot of times people are just bettering themselves. You ever tried to wash your own hand with your hand?
1: That's weird. That looks like I got problems. That's
0: not how it's supposed to work. I am supposed to pour into you, and you are supposed to pour into me. And this row is supposed to pour into that row, into this row, into those rows. That's how it works. It's a one anothering that needs to take place, it's a community activity, it is never a solitary endeavor. The third one, we have to be good stewards of this
1: gift. Why? Who gave it to you? God.
0: Now, if you had to be a good steward of something that God gave you, why? Can you just go, well, thanks, God, it's mine now. i gonna do whatever I want with it. Can we do that? We often act like that when people give us presents, give us gifts. What is it to be a good
1: steward? take good care of it, polish it up real nice, tend to it when it needs tending.
0: Anybody think that maybe there might be a situation out ahead where that's going to become important? Think about this. If nobody else has ever had spiritual gifts except for the church, do you think there's going to be a day of accountability for how we stewarded our bodies in that, how we did that? I think so. I think so. How about the next one, number four? Spiritual gifts demonstrate the manifold grace of God among the church. If we want people outside to take notice of anything, if we want unbelievers to take notice of anything that believers have got going on, it's the fact that we are manifesting grace. Spiritual gifts is how you do that. Which brings the concern, if we're not for sure what our spiritual gift is, Are we manifesting all of the grace of God that he desires to manifest through us? And I tell you no, why? Because spiritual gifts can only be done spiritually. And anytime spiritual things start going on in the church, everybody starts getting real weirded out and spooky, but they get edified and built up and they start believing what God actually said. That's a different church. That's an obedient body. That is when the head says, Go this way, the body says, Yes, I can't wait to get there. Let's do it. Let's move forward. How about the fifth one? The first category of spiritual gifts is speaking. This means that in some way, what is going to be manifested in that gift that God has given you is going to be for the betterment, edification, discipline, education, or encouragement of other people. It's going to go outward. So that the church that doesn't have those speaking gifts, or others that do have those speaking gifts, can somehow learn and be whittled into the image of Christ because the Word has that type of power. Isn't that what the Holy Spirit uses? It's the Word and the Spirit together that grows the body. It's by the transference of the Word that we are to put in play for the work of the ministry. Why? So that the Holy Spirit can begin to upbuild the church. It can't just be done anyway. I got something to say. Usually, you tell those people to sit down, right? What does it say? Verse 6 Those with speaking gifts are to use them as speaking the utterances of God. This gives you an awesome grid of which to understand whether or not they are spiritually dispensing that gift. Does it equal up with the already revealed Word of God? Do you find in the Scriptures where it encourages and like mind, because I will tell you this, God will never give someone something to say that is going to be apart from what he has already revealed. That's how you start a cult. It will always line up perfectly with his word, each and every time. When we get to 1 Corinthians 14 and talk about it, if someone has something to say in an utterance, and they get up and speak, let two or three speak, and then every word is to be weighed. According to what standard? Weights, measurements, we talk about standards according to what God has already revealed in His Word. How about the next one? Number seven, another observation. The second category of spiritual gifts is serving. Some of your Bibles might actually list that down as ministry or ministering. That's not to say that those with speaking gifts are not ministering. This has to do more with a hands-on-deck kind of action that takes place. This is more the idea of getting involved, and invested. Those with serving gifts are to use them as serving by the strength that God supplies. In other words, it's not really about your muscles,
1: is it? It's really not. There's a lot of things that go on in the serving
0: category that aren't necessarily muscle-oriented. It's the idea of because the Word of God is active and alive in you propelling you forward. Sometimes we call that having a passion for it, having a calling for it. We don't want to get too spooky about it. It Freaks us out a little bit. But the idea is, is that you're drawn to it. Or I would like to say it this way, it's a calling. It's that you see that a need needs to be done and it happens. Let me give you a prime example of this. Last week, Terry got up and he said, you know what? We got to tear the chairs down, put them over here by the side in order to free up the square that you see under here, all these lines, if you've ever wondered what it's about, because on Wednesday night they have Awana, where they're learning the scriptures, they're learning scripture verses and things like that. And then after that, we need to come back after Wednesday night, and we need to distribute the chairs back evenly on here. And if we could get six guys into it, it'd probably take us about 20 minutes, probably no more than 30. No one responded. Why? You go through your little answer sheet here, And if you had a high score, when you totaled these up across here, down in this bottom seven brackets, I can guarantee you this, you're probably somebody that needed to respond to that. You're probably somebody that needs to dispense that function of that gift in the church for the betterment of the body. Here's what we do. Well, I want to help, but I don't want to help in that way. Who's driving that boat? Driving it into a ditch? boats go in ditches? I guess they can if you're on a country road. (laughs) Ain't no different than catching deer, right? Whatever. Here you guys have a catch and release policy up here.
1: Nobody responded.
0: Here's a need of the body. Because in order to clear him out, that's easy to do because we're all already here, right? takes no extra effort of ours not going to cost us anything really maybe a few times i might miss that strawberry donut but i don't know but it's a price worth paying in order to help out now or it could be the fact that where you're sitting right now you're sitting there because somebody a group of people took the time to put these chairs out and set them in place zach emily tabitha
1: Are you called to serve?
0: Do you have the gift of serving? I guarantee every one of you appreciate the fact that you're sitting. Something that needs to be done in the church. Here's a need. Mark it. Here's another thing that we find out. Number six and eight. Show that spiritual gifts must be done by faith, not flesh. In other words, God's not really interested whether or not you want to serve in this way or not. He's the one who gave you the gift. It's his gift that he gave to you to call you to be a good steward of it. He's not worried about whether you're worried about that gift over there that that person has. It seems like a really glamorous gift. No, he's not worried about that. You're not in competition with your brothers and sisters in Christ. He gave you something to do. It's not you're running the race and if you can out-gift you know, Vern over here, as long as I can out gift Vern, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Probably won't happen. We're going to talk about pride here in a minute. That's good. (laughs) Good illustrations. Thank you. But I'm not in competition with Vern and Vern is not in competition with me. We were up here earlier sorting out some microphone stuff. Mitch said, "Wow." You have to be somebody different to be up here. Because he was looking out at everybody coming in. You could tell it wasn't his thing. He likes being back there where all you can see is his head. Because he's not gifted in that way. He's got something different going on. God's given him something different to steward well. Not in relation to everyone as in competition. In relation to everyone as how do I build you up the way that God wants me to build you up. See, one of the greatest problems we have in discovering spiritual gifts is submission to the Spirit. Well, I know this God probably wants me to be there, but man, just, I don't know. We have a lot of really great, worldly, trivial reasons to opt out of ultimate obedience. How about the ninth thing to observe from this passage? God is glorified through our use of spiritual gifts That he has given us when they are used his way. They're his gifts that he's given to us that have to be used his way, as if speaking the oracles of God, serving in the strength that he provides. Why? Because he is desiring to work through us. He's not looking for us to work for him. I think that's really important. Are we slaves of Christ? Yes, we are. But it's not this impersonal, indentured servant, you're going to get beaten if you don't do it well mentality. That's not our God. Our God says, I love you enough to want you to do supernatural things in the supernatural entity that I have supplied by the supernatural knowledge that you will receive in the indwelling power of the Spirit so that there will be a supernatural building up that takes place. All of it's spiritual. All of it's spiritual. Every bit of it. It's never, i got to muster up the courage to go do it. It's not a flesh thing. It's something that God endowed you to give. Now here's the interesting thing about this. If all these observations are true, there's some implications that we need to take note of. Number one, what are the implications of this passage? Every believer has a gift, therefore every believer can serve. Every believer has the capacity to serve according to the gift that's been given to you. Every single one. No one's exempt. Not one person. Or let me put it this way. Everybody's got something to do at Grace Bible Church. The question is, are you doing it? Now we're on this, forgive the tree hugger language, we're on this journey of self-discovery about what our spiritual gifts are as God has given it to us. And that's the whole point. And so that after we're done working through every gift, we walk away as changed people. To walk away as unchanged from this entire situation is to say that you didn't learn more about your gift if you already knew what it was, or you didn't learn anything about the gift that you might possibly have. You've discredited the idea of ever putting those numbers down and to think through the statements that were given because you don't want to be changed. Understand, that's an unbelief problem. That's not a God problem. God has supplied everything the church needs to move forward successfully. He wants us to run the race, not crawl the race. Not slobber in the race. Not just kind of wiggle and dance in the race. He wants us to be victorious. He supplied everything to be victorious. Spiritual gifts are a major entity for the church in seeing that accomplished spiritual stuff. Number two, by giving gifts, this means that God has plans for us his will his good works remember this one ephesians 2 10 for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them are you walking in his will and his good works that he's already prepared is that you is it not you here's the interesting thing that walk is never a solitary path it never is it's always a walk with your brothers and sisters in christ Because when those gifts are demonstrated and manifested, it's always for the betterment of one another, never for self. How about number three on this? What's another implication? By giving gifts, His will or good works can only be accomplished by what He supplies. It's His way, done with His Word, done in His power. And we are simply the tools that He chooses to work through. Or let me say it this way. The God and creator of all things, who spoke existence into being from nothing, desires to personally work with me. He's got greater things for me to do than what I could ever muster on my own. Everybody says, well, sometimes we're so heavenly minded, we're not any earthly good. Let me flip that on you. Sometimes we're so earthly minded, we're not any heavenly good. Because that is God's ultimate destination. Not preserving this earth, not making it better, not even necessarily taking care of it. This earth is going to burn. Understand this. We have got to understand properly and soberly about the end that is already told. The question is, is what we're doing right now with this time, redeeming it because the days are evil. You know how you stay out of being evil in these days? You do His will. You do His work. You abide by His word. Spiritual gifts are the means of doing that. Number four, we're to be good stewards of these gifts, meaning that we must handle them well. Handling God's gifts God's way will be a major factor at the judgment seat of Christ. Now I've got this up there. You don't have to turn there, but if you want to mark it down, PJ, if we could go to 2 Corinthians 5.10 in the scripture section back there. 2 Corinthians 5.10, you might already know this. Therefore, oh, sorry, Uh, is that it? Yeah. Uh, We have our ambitions, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, all of us, so that each one may be recompensed. That word means paid back for work done. That means that you've put yourself invested in a situation and you will receive back the paycheck. God's looking to pay you. God is looking to reward you for the work that you've done. Each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body. How did you steward your time in the flesh as a Christian on earth? Notice, according to what he has done, that right there tells me that spiritual gifts are a major factor because he's talking to Christians. Unbelievers don't go before the judgment seat of Christ. They go before the great white throne judgment. Completely separate judgment, completely separate time. Only believers are at this time of evaluation. Notice what it says, according to what he's done, whether good or bad. Whether you stewarded your spiritual gift well or you didn't. If the church age is the only time that has spiritual gifts, that tells me that this is going to be a major criteria for what this looks like before him. And understand this, this is not a time of terror and fear to have before the Lord. The Lord desires to reward you. He wants nothing more than for everybody to walk away from this opportunity with so many crowns our heads can't hold them. He desires to lavish riches upon us. How do we know that? Because he's gracious. Because he desires it. Because he's constantly encouraging us to stick with it and do it God's way. Why would he do that if there's not so much at stake? It's not your eternal destiny. That's already locked up at the moment you believe in Christ. But it has everything to do with the responsibilities that he wants to give us in his coming kingdom. He wants us to succeed. He's telling us how. Anybody ever remember? I'm dating myself here. If you were doing bad in school, there was a cassette series you could order called Where There's a Will, There's an A. Anybody remember that? Anybody remember that?
1: It might have been. Now, I'm going to let you know
0: I was a top-notch, consistent D student in school, okay? So I remember my parents ordered this for me. went through the whole program, and I became a top-notch, consistent D-plus student in school. What was the problem? There was no will. Therefore, there was no A,
1: because I didn't care. i
0: tell you what, when I got in Bible college, I wish I would have cared more. You know how hard it is to study and try to understand Greek grammar if you've already got a lot of problems with English grammar? You see what I'm saying? Wish there was more will, wish there was more A. This is the chance, guys. Every single person was created in the image of God and put here for a reason. Done with God's gifting, done God's way. So there's going to come a time.
1: Now I want to connect this for you. Turn with me to Romans 12.
0: We're familiar with Romans 12, 1 and 2. We've gone over it quite a bit. Some of you have got it memorized. It's very important.
1: But the problem is that we
0: sometimes don't realize that Romans 12, 1 and 2 is not in a vacuum. In other words, sometimes we do Romans 12, 1 and 2 and we stop. Yeah, I got that. So we can discern what the will of God is. What's verse 3 say? Anybody know? Anybody know verse 3? okay it's important context is important so watch this first chapter 12 verse 1 therefore i urge you brethren by the mercies of god to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. everybody if you were here the priesthood of the believer everybody remember that one of the sacrifices that we offer as believer priests in christ is ourselves in other words it's not living for us Instead, we are to be a living sacrifice, not killing ourselves. That's not what Christ is calling for. He died perfectly for us to raise us from the grave. But in doing so, he is now setting forward for us the opportunity to submit our desires to his will to live a greater life. And that is the Christ life. So notice, we're to offer as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual or reasonable or intelligent mode of worship. This is only makes sense of how you would want to worship God. If Christ gave everything for you, why would you not want to give way everything to Him? He can obviously handle it better than we can. And do not be conformed to this world, there's the fleshly realm, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice that doctrine is where it starts. This is why you need the speaking gifts and the word-centered offices. By the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect god has a good acceptable and perfect will but if our minds are not renewed we will not recognize it so by the renewal of the word of god in the mind look up neuroplasticity sometimes on google it's worth a google check that out see how that works because what people are discovering now about the brain paul was talking about in romans 12 very interesting to see how the world can catch up with truth very slowly Getting the mind renewed to think according to the ways of God. Why? So that we know how He works and we know what He wants. You ever been like, man, I just wish I knew God's will? I just wish I knew what God's will was for my life. Guess what? It starts with the renewing of the mind through the Word of God. Now, where does this go? Look at verse 3. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, because here's the problem that happens, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Everybody see that Paul has stayed on the mind. There's a tendency when we become a Christian and we get some knowledge under our belt to think we're pretty hot stuff.
1: To think we're amazing. We know all this stuff.
0: Today, some of you in Sunday school class learned the word aseity. You even learned how to spell it. I don't know if you know this, but I had to check it to go back to make sure I knew how to spell it. Is it I before E or E before I? Who knows? Thanks. Where there's a will, there's an A. Right? Messing me up all over the place. But there's a tendency to think more of ourselves. Here's an interesting thing. Do You notice that Paul doesn't sway the argument just in that way. We can often become puffed up and think more of ourselves. Is that from the spirit or from the flesh? From the flesh. Watch where he goes with this. He says, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. In other words, it's not just about thinking of yourself too high, it's about thinking of yourself as who you truly are. In other words, not too low. Sometimes we get in this oh my gosh, I'm a sinner. I was born with a depraved nature and I'm so terrible and there's nothing I can do to please God. All that's true, that there's nothing good in me except what Christ does. All that's true, but the focus is not us. The focus is Christ. All you need to do is meditate upon Christ long enough to recognize what a grave sinner we are. You don't have to recognize or meditate on what a grave sinner we are. That can extol Christ more, but our focus is off. We're not called to look at ourselves over and over introspection is not our mode instead it's constantly being about christ why because when we think about christ we start to see ourselves for who we truly are there are some things you're really good at that's okay know those they're a gift from god maybe it's a special talent that you have i will never sing like emily it won't happen she's been blessed in that way god did that great and she needs to understand that about herself But it's also important to be very acutely aware of if we're thinking of ourselves correctly so as not to get too puffed up and not to constantly throw ourselves into a depression. There is a safe zone in the middle of which we're thinking, not more, not less, but right. Everybody see that? That's so important. One of the greatest problems, because here's where he's going. He's getting ready to talk to you about spiritual gifts. The important thing to know about the renewing of your mind is you've got to think of yourself properly. Why? Because when you think of yourself properly, you understand how you work in the body of Christ, where you fit in the body of Christ in relation to your brothers and sisters around you. It's not biting off more than you can chew, but it's also not starving yourself. It's not about us, it's about Him. Look what it says here. Notice it says, allotted to each the measure of of faith in other words it's like god took faith and he divided it up took one big pie of faith and divided it all up and he gave to us different bits now i believe here because of the context this allotment of faith he's talking about these spiritual gifts these endowments these opportunities that we have to serve in the body he says here verse four for just as we have many members in one body and all the members we do not have the the same function Everybody here is different. Not everybody does the same thing. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. That means if I'm a pinky finger, Zach might be a ring finger.
1: Vern, I think you're a thumb. Is that okay? Okay. But we're all part of the same body.
0: You ever had your thumb and your pinky finger have a fight? Who won? Nobody. That's dumb, right? Why does that happen in the body of Christ? It almost seems silly, doesn't it? You're like, wow, this guy, I don't know, right? We don't treat ourselves that way. We don't treat our bodies that way. And notice what Paul is asking us to do. When you look at the body of Christ, think of it how you operate your own body. Your pinky is not your knee. Don't make it be that. Your hip bone is not your shoulder. Don't make it be that. Let them be who they are in the grand body of Christ and let them serve that out. They don't all have to be the same. We don't all have to be the same. In fact, God is not a fan of sameness. Anybody ever had the opportunity to look at the beauty of God's creation? Art sent me a picture the other day of the sunrise. Man, it was awesome. You know what? I didn't see one thing that looked like another in that entire picture. It was all glorious. It was all beautiful. It was all different. God is a mosaic God. He has no problem taking all these wonderful, beautiful pieces and making them a whole. So He has done with us. Think properly about it. Watch how He moves forward. Verse 6, since we have gifts, there's the word again, charisma, that differ according to the grace given to us. Our gifts are different now look at this each one of us is to exercise them accordingly everybody see that's in italics it's not there it's not there is that saying that's not what paul's talking about no i'm not necessarily but notice that they felt that's a lot to add into a passage since we all have gifts that differ we're all unified into one body but we got different abilities look what it says according to the grace given to us you don't deserve it god gave it look what it is prophecy according to the proportion of his faith prophecy this does not have in the greek the article before it prophecy is a speaking gift this is the category of prophecy or the category of speaking forth god's word it's the speaking category it's the first five right here on your answering so if you wanted to put above that prophecy slash speaking absolutely absolutely This is the first category. Look at the second one there. If service, guess what? No article there as well. Ministry. If service in his serving. In other words, God has given grace for these two categories. Now, because of our time, this is all that we get to hit right now. But notice, Peter, two categories, speaking and serving. Notice Paul, two categories, speaking and serving. Here's what I think is interesting. Around both of those situations, there is a lot of concern about the mind. There's a lot of concern about how we think. And if we are even thinking relationally within the body of Christ. God has given grace to each and every one of us. You might sit here and say, you know what? I don't even know what my spiritual gift is. I know that I scored really high in this blanket. I'm kind of frustrated because you're not telling me what it is yet. We're going to get there, right? But here's what you know. If it's in the bottom seven, it's serving. If it's in the top seven, it's speaking. But the fact that you found yourself moved to mark the numbers that you did to come up with that total and you say, I wonder what this is, stop for a second. If you scored high at all, it means that God has done something and you recognize it. Do you see that? It's not anything you deserve. It's the grace of God. Which tells me that if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, the grace of God has been sitting there all this time, waiting for this moment when we can go through this. So the Grace Bible Church takes a step forward in a spiritual direction that we don't have to be worried about the ideas of logic and what other people will think. And how other people are going to understand, or whether they're going to understand, and all these other man made regulations that people throw on things. And we can just be a vibrant, exploding body who is exercising and demonstrating the grace of God. Maybe you've never thought of it that way. Maybe you thought, well, the grace of God is what Jesus did for me on the cross, and I get saved for that, and that's just amazing right there. Cool, that's a part of it. Understand, Jesus' desire is to do so so much more with us, so much more with us. We are all, each and every one of us, recipients of God's grace. Let's pray. Father, I pray in this time that we would not think more highly of ourselves than we ought. And at the same time, we would not shortchange ourselves. But you call us to sobriety. Just to think truthfully about ourselves. To think about ourselves in relation to your word. Maybe we've been constantly
1: plagued with a sense of worthlessness. Many of us struggle with that. Many of us ask the question, well, what's the point? Father, You tell us clearly
0: that You have Your will in store for us. You have Your works in store for us. You desire for us to do it through Your Spirit. You desire for us to walk in Your ways, to accomplish Your will. Think of the words of Jesus. I have come to do the will of the Father and to accomplish the the work that He has given me to to do. That is no different for us. Father, if our hearts right now are looking for a place of self-esteem, a building up of self, where our minds just want to place us in the center, of our existence and say, we don't need all this. We just need to do what we know how to do. Help us to understand that's corrupt and it's evil and it's not from you. And I pray, Lord, that we would repent, that our minds would be changed to understand that we need to speak the very utterances of your word and we need to serve with the strength that only you supply. It all comes from you. This is not about us. It's about you. It's about you receiving glory when your work is done your way. Father, renew our minds, please, this week. Help us to think soberly about our involvement in the body of Christ, the privilege that it is, the stewardship that you call on us to have, the glory that awaits, the grace that can be manifested God, I don't want us to miss it. I don't want to miss it. Thank you for loving us in such profound and
1: unusual ways. In Jesus' name, amen.